Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. I want to talk to you today about get in while the waters are stirred or stirring. Do you believe that the waters are stirring? I believe there's times that God is moving in a way that we need to identify that they are moving, that he is moving in a way, and that we need to get in. And sometimes that's ministry-related. Sometimes that is need-related. Sometimes it's just that God is calling us in deeper relationship, and the waters are stirred. I'm going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture today, not doing a serious order, just doing a standalone message today. And uh, be doing the same thing on Wednesday, another series type thing. Come out first Wednesday. Listen, I believe our best church happens on first Wednesday. So this week, 7 o'clock, come out to it. It looks just like Sunday morning, but there's just something about the freedom and the spirit in the house. But John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 says this. And talks about this. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay great multitude. Now, notice that. Under these five porches that provide shade from the sun, of course, in these lay great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now the occasion of when this was taking place was, uh, uh, many believe, has been the Feast of Pentecost. And the setting was the city of Jerusalem. And there was three Jewish feasts in which people would gather pretty heavily into Jerusalem, which had been Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And every Jew within 15 miles, it would be like mandatory. It was like an obligation for them to go, that they was required to attend. And then thousands of people would travel from all over the world for these types of celebrations. In fact, Pentecost would be the heaviest trafficking time of the year in Jerusalem. And this place was the pool Bethesda in the northeast Jerusalem. Bethesda meaning house of mercy. So here they are at this place called the house of mercy. But yet there's a great multitude under these fine porches a paralyzed, blind, lame, crippled, whether they had to be brought every day and left there, whether some would spend many days there as the family would come and take care of them and feed them, or whether the neighborhood or the city, or however they, they took care of people, however you look at it, this was a well-trafficking place. And not only that, it was right near the, te- the temple, the tabernacle, of going into the house of God. I find it pretty sad that at the doorway to the house of God was lame people and blind people and paralyzed people, people that had a condition that really needed something to happen different in their life. Their hope was that they would be the first in the water when an angel would come and stir the water. 
And if they could roll in it or somebody put them in it, however it would be, they would try to get in to the water when the water was stirred. I believe many times that we have people hoping for something to happen, but yet the waters have not yet been stirred for them for whatever reason, whether they're going to the house of God or not. And a lot of times, people are just looking for some type of change to take place in their life. Now, the pool had been surrounded by these five porches. It was fed by an underground spring. It was deep enough to swim in. And great numbers of people would just come into this place. But the scripture began to talk about this one man who had been crippled for 38 years. Now, for it to call out the number of years, that means that probably at one point he was not crippled. That, in fact, he knew what it was like to be well. But something had taken place in his life that now nearly 40 years of his life was spent as a cripple. Some of you have something crippling in your life. It might have been a month. It may be six months. It may be a year. It may be relational. It may be physical. It may be mental health. There's something crippling in your life. Maybe not for 38 years, but for quite a while. And here we have Christ coming to the pool of Bethesda. What they was waiting for a stirring to take place. In the waters, Jesus was bringing a whole different type of stirring. Many times what we think is a stirring and a move of God is not a stirring or move of God. What we believe to be a really true, what God likes move of God may not be God's idea of his move. These people had an idea that an angel would stir the waters and someone would have to roll in, crawl in, scoot in, be put in by somebody somehow, some way, whether they had people with them to help them when it stirred to get them in. But Jesus had a different idea this day, a time in Jerusalem that would be more packed than other times of the year, that Jesus would choose to go in and as controversial as he was many times, not even meaning to, but he wanted to show that his father still yet did miracles. And it seems like many times there would be a crowd in these places where Jesus would do the miracle. So why Christ went to him and not to the others, we'll really never know. But maybe today's your day that the stirring begins to take place in your life. Maybe today is the time that you need to get in while things are stirring before you. John 5 and 6 says when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he already had been in the condition for a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Now what kind of question is that to a guy laying in a place where they're waiting for the waters to be stirred to be put in. Jesus asking this man, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be better? Do you not want to be a crippled anymore? I mean, this guy may have wanted to, if you wanted to, be offended by it. It'd be like me asking you if you were sick. Do you want to be healed? Of course, I want to be healed. This was where this man was, and Jesus asked him to yet, 
that question. Approaching a cripple, asking him if he does not want to be crippled anymore. Jesus did not ask him if he wanted to walk. That's not what he asked. He didn't ask him if he wanted to be cured of being a crippled condition. Because his condition was deeper than just him walking. See, many times what we want to do is treat our symptom, but not allow God to really cure the issue. I'm about ready to preach this morning. I take ibuprofen when I got inflammation. It's just treating the symptom, but not yet fixing the issue in my life. Many of you are asking God to treat your symptoms when God's waiting on you to say, God, I want everything in me to be made well. My mind's not right. My spirit's not right. Maybe everything, something deeper than just a physical or an emotional, mental element in your life. See, God's just not concerned about treating your symptoms. He's not right wanting to write you a prescription just to get by this week for the pain that you're going through. But he wants to heal you of the root of the issue in your life. Sometimes we have conditions, but that's only the surface of the real issue. Insecurity is the symptom, but it could be the root of being hurt for words spoken of your life. Fear is the symptom, but it could be the root of abandonment in your life that needs to be healed. Anxiety may be the symptom, but it may be the root from the past trauma that needs to be cured in your life. Depression is the symptom, may be the loss of something from the past going on without something in your present. You may have some outburst issues, and you might think that that is the problem, that you need another prescription. But Jesus is wanting to tell you today that you need to get beyond a just treating the symptom and symptoms in your life that maybe there may be a sin issue even in your life. See, I can take so many types of meds just to treat the symptoms. But are we going to treat the root issue today? See, Jesus asked, do you want to get well? That word well doesn't really speak to what Jesus is saying here. That word well actually means to make whole. He said, do you want to be made whole? More than just walking, he said, let's get beyond the walking issue. In the 38 years of being a crippled, we'll get to that. But the main issue, there's something deeper in this man. Do you want to be made whole? I believe this man had more than just a desire to walk. I believe this man had a desire that he knew that there were things on the inside of him that needed to be healed. You don't know. Maybe somebody hurt him. Maybe somebody ran over him. Maybe something has ran over you in life and made you crippled. Yeah, you're walking with your physical legs, but yet you're still yet treating the symptoms of something that's going on emotionally in your life due to something in your past that God is trying to get to you. Maybe this man was bitter from sitting there and he was tired of being bitter more than he was tired of not walking. What was this cripple's issue? It's more than just a physical element, but it got deeper than that. No doubt people were taking care of him day in and day out. This man was waiting on the waters to be troubled by an angel to be made whole from the inside out. This individual laying by the pool had a symptom of not walking, but his issues was deeper than just a physical 
element. This man laying by the pool wanting to deal with the few symptoms possibly. And he was probably guilty of so many different things that was going on in his life. Whether it was bitterness or unforgiveness or where there was a sin issue. There was some type of issue where he needed to be made whole. See, even salvation, when we look at that word salvation, it is to be made whole. It is a healing to be made whole in our life. See, salvation is more than just have your names written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, but it's the first thing that begins to awaken your spirit, and, and you come alive in Christ. And through that, as you come alive in Christ, you're made whole starting there because you hear me preach all the time, you're a spirit first. You have a soul and you live in a body. So for God to deal with us, he must touch our spirit First, and then begin to deal with the mind and the will and the emotions of the soul, and then our body. Salvation is more than forgiveness of sins or an escapism from judgment. Salvation is more than deliverance from eternal separation. Jesus did not just come to save us from hell, but he came to make us whole in our spirit, in our mind, and in our body. I know some people say, well, I got the faith for him to take me to heaven. That same faith that you know that God's going to take you to heaven is the same faith that's going to heal your emotions and the same faith today it takes to heal your physical body. Christ came to restore humanity to the image of God. That is wholeness. Healing is instantaneous and partial and external, but wholeness. Wholeness is a different level. It, it is eternal. It's progressive. It's developmental. It's complete. And it's internal as well. Holiness means wholeness. We look at holiness and it is to be holy like God is to be whole like God. God is holy. He's not broken. He's not bitter. He's not angry. He's not full of sin, but he's whole. To be made whole is to be conformed to the image of God. Today, God wants to touch this house in such a way that we are made whole from our spirit, our soul, and our body. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He calls you, he, he calls you, he calls you is faithful. He that calls you is faithful, and he also will do it. See, God is more than able not only to make you whole, not only to save you, not only to heal your mind and heal your soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, but he also wants to heal your body because it's by his stripes that we are healed. He wants to heal you today. I, I, I sometimes believe that people struggle that God still heals. Such a struggle today. The God that can do the greatest miracle of salvation. We don't even want to ask him for the healing. We want to say, God, just help me through it. Just help me through it. Get me through it. Treat my symptoms, God. Just give me enough grace to make it through. So you've got faith you're going to heaven. What about faith of your body being healed today? What about faith that your soul, your mind, will, and emotions will be healed today? 
And maybe you're lost today, or maybe you're a prodigal needing to come back home, whatever it may be, yet you need to have wholeness in your life. See, a lot of people, they say, I've got to get it right before I go to church. See, you're treated the symptoms. You can never have a prescription of getting it right. And it'd be wrote out to you, here you go, everything should be cool now. No, you've got to have an experience with God before you can work it all out. He's got to work with your spirit first. See, the man by the pool was committed to laying by the pool. For he's healing, waiting on the waters to be troubled. The first thing that he had is this today, is desire. He had desire. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be made whole? Is what he is saying. The first thing you must receive the power of God in your life is that you've got a desire. You want to be made whole? Then there's got to be a desire to be made whole. But I'm telling you, wholeness comes by just seeking God. Wholeness comes by relationship with God. That's where it begins. It's just not just trying to find a quick fix, but it's just laying down your life and allowing the master to speak to you, and you speak to him, and it becomes a relationship. A.W. Tozer wrote about the pursuit of God, pursuing God through relationship will allow the anointing to grow in your life. And increasing time in God's presence will only increase the anointing in your life. That's why we seek God. That's why we desire God. See, I believe we got people today that desire church. That's different than desiring God. They desire a form or a fashion. They're seeking for something that's empty. And I'll be honest with you, church is only a prescription given that might satisfy and get you by for a few days and then you go wanting. But when you really go and you treat the true issue, then you go to relationship with God and wholeness comes. See, if you're walking around with bitterness and anger and resentment and all those things, it's through relationship with God that God begins to confront those things and you become healed or delivered from them. See, Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, but you must delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in Sunday morning church and go hear a preacher and hear some singing. It's not what it says. Because you can do that and miss everything God is doing. You can go to church... Listen to say, but miss out on delighting yourself in times in his presence. That's speaking of relationship with God. Jesus awakened in the crippled man the hope that he could receive healing and the desire to receive the power of God. He enabled a man to see himself whole again. I believe that man, when he was asked that, do you want to be made whole? I believe it spoke to the man. It spoke to his most inner desire. I believe the man was sick of what was wrong in his life more than he was sick of just being a crippled. He said, that's just one of the things. But the main thing wrong with me is this, this, and this. But it's inside of what people don't see. So you need to start envisioning yourself having good mental health. You need to start envisioning yourself being healed physically. You need to start envisioning yourself having times of refreshing in the presence of God. You've got to envision yourself of being joined with the Holy Spirit. See, there's three enemies of desire. The first was loss of hope. Perhaps he had lost hope of ever being well. 
that Jesus began to awaken hope in him. He'd watch others get healed by getting into the troubled waters. And, and here he was feeling helpless because he had no man to put him in. That's what he said. I had no one to put me into the waters. Loss of hope. Some of you might have a loss of hope today. I want to begin to inject in you a hope that things can change for you. Then another was a lack of responsibility. Wellness requires responsibility for how we live in terms of diet, nutrition, exercise, rest, stress management, and so forth. This man was like, you know, here he is. He's like, I can't even take care of myself. I, I can't even be responsible for myself. See, things that we fell at and we sing about it, where we're weak, that he is strong. And when we feel like that we don't have enough, he said it awakens the faith in us to have enough to reach. And Jesus was speaking to him, and this man's faith was rising. Then complacency. So easy to become content. It's so easy to have a relationship with church and religion and not with Christ. It's easy to fall into it. It's easy to become complacent of no move of God. I have no prayer life, no word life, no experience in God. In fact, we're living among a generation that when we talk these things today, they're like, what do you mean an experience with God? Because they got an experience with religion. They have an experience with Sunday morning church, but we've got to get beyond the church and have the real living God, the Holy Spirit, awakening in our lives. Amen. The next thing is determination. Only do we need desire, but we need to be determined. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. That's what he told him. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now, here he is telling a man that is a cripple, just get up and walk. You think about things Jesus did, how bold. This place is packed out with other lame people, paralyzed, disabled, sick, lame. Blind, deaf. Some of them see what's going on. Some of them are close and like, he's telling this man to get it. The waters are not even troubled. And, and the first thing that hit this man was an excuse at first. And at first, this man offers an excuse. In fact, it says in John 5 and 7, it says, The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Maybe why he's rolling. Someone jumps in or had someone else to put them in. Here he is just trying to get there. He felt powerless. There's no one to help him. Help him. But Jesus would say, I am the hope and I'm the help that you need. You don't need an angel to come down. For I am God's sent son in the flesh. Endued with the power of the Holy Spirit to come down and heal you. And God's trying to tell you today that still yet the spirit of God is here. The waters are stirred. And it's not the waters that you may think of. But God says, I want to heal you in a way that you've not even thought about. This man's been waiting for waters to be stirred and the move of God to happen in a certain way. But here was a totally different move of God than what he had ever seen before. Are you going to turn down God because it looks different? When you're crippled and you have issues, you better believe you won't. If he shows up in that way, you're going to be like, I'm going to get in. I'm determined. He felt powerless, no one to help him, but he was determined to make it in. He's like, I... I, I'm still wanting to get in that water, but Jesus can get trying to get his attention. It's not the move I'm wanting you to get in on. See, then the next thing is direction. 
told him to rise up. What a shocking moment to tell a cripple to rise up. Jesus tells him to do the impossible. Be determined to do what your heart is set on doing. Do what you can do and let God make up the difference. There are times that God would speak to us to do something that seems ridiculous. But when we step up and just do our part of obedience, when we do that, that's when God begins to make up a difference. See, we are limited in our ability to do these things. But God is a God that is limitless. You mean the God that created it all? He can, if he was healing people in his time, and he stayed healing people today. I have seen the blind healed. I, I have. I have seen... I've been in services when the blind eyes been opened. I've been in services when the person, a child that was born deaf, first time that they heard music began to dance. I was there for those events. I have been in those places. Began to dance. Why is that child dancing? First time that child's ever heard anything, and the first thing that that child hears is music, and the, end, the very next instinct was to dance in that child's life. So you got to get up. Don't stay where you are. Don't remain passive in the face of affliction or setbacks or disappointments. you got to pick up your bed. See, the thing that supported him, this man would now be given to carry around. In other words, can you imagine this guy leaving all the disabled people around him, all the lame, all the paralyzed. He, he's going to pick up his bed and walk what he was laying on. The very thing that supported him, now he is going to have power over it. See, there's things that we've had that supported us that we will be able to throw away when God heals us of those things. See, we've got to pick up our bed. We've got to begin to walk. He could accomplish the impossible because Christ was there. God's estimation of the builders of Babel was this in Genesis 11 and 6. These are people without grace. These are people without the Holy Spirit. And he said nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. These are people without the Holy Spirit living in their life. Nothing they set their minds to do will be impossible for them. What about us that's the children of grace, the children of mercy, where the Holy Spirit lives in us that this is not the temple, this building, but we are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in us. Nothing, if there's nothing that they set out to do, what about what we set out to do? Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ. John 5 and 11, Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. That word walk means presence tense, means to walk and keep on walking. This wasn't taking a step. This wasn't a stagger. But this was a continual. You're going to continue to walk, and you're going to walk until you leave this earth. You're going to walk. Wholeness is progressive. When you live out the wholeness of God, it is a progressive move in your life. Progressively growing, progressively walking in and becoming more like the image of Christ. See, the spirit of determination is partnership with God. He got up and done what he could because Jesus made the difference. This man got up, carried around what he was laying on and supporting him, now he was just holding it up. See, this is what the move of God is all about. Jesus left his disciples with an impossible task. How could they evangelize the world? How could these 
be they that turn the world upside down. It's because the Bible says in Acts 1 and 8 that you should, will receive power. That when the Holy Spirit comes to your life, you receive Christ. That you receive power to do these things. How could these disciples, just a few, turn the world? He leaves us with impossible tasks. Why? Because his spirit makes the difference. The last thing today is this one. Jesus wasn't done ministering to this guy. Because remember, we're talking about holiness. He says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. John 5 and 8 says, afterward Jesus found him in the temple. After this man, now imagine, this man's in the temple. He's got his bed on his back. Hey, listen, 38 years, yo. I laid there. I went through a few of these beds. 38 years. Jesus went to him in the temple and said, you know, I'm not done. We're not, we're not totally done talking about wholeness here. It says that Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well, been made whole. He says, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, first thing that begins to happen is problem solving or transformation. Jesus did not simply come into this man's life to solve a physical problem, but Jesus came into his life to make him whole. Jesus does not want to move in your life just to fix one thing, but he wants to make your entire life whole. It is God's will. Wholeness is progressive. Catch this. It is progressive. That as we live in Christ and we grow in Christ, that not only is our spirit made whole, but then our mind is healed and made whole. And then he wants to make your body whole. He wants to heal your mind, your body, but he starts with your spirit. Jesus called him into a life of repentance. Wholeness being like Jesus is an aspect of life. See, to truly be whole, we have to have discipline in our thoughts, our feelings, and our behavior. Well, think about it. I can go all through Scripture. Demas failed to discipline his love for the world, so he left the ministry. Ananias and Sapphira failed to discipline their love for money, and they lied to the Holy Spirit and died. The disciples failed to discipline their fears, so they deserted Christ. Pilate failed to discipline his political aspirations, so he washed his hands of Jesus. Judas failed to discipline the pursuit of self-interest, so he betrayed the Son of God with a kiss and died a suicide death. David failed to discipline his flesh, so he was unfaithful to God. King Saul failed to discipline his quest for power and lost the throne. Samson failed to discipline his strength, so he played games with God and forfeited his anointing. Esau failed to discipline his appetite, so he sold his birthright. Cain failed to discipline his anchor and murdered his brother. Lot failed to discipline the lust of the eyes, so he covered the, the plains of Solomon and lost his family. He just told him one thing, one truth. He said, listen. He said, stop sinning. That's what he said, stop sinning. See, there's three, three truths about sin. Sin's destructive. We know that. Sin will be exposed. The Bible says be sure your sins will find you out. Sin can be cleansed. Romans 5 and 20, where sin abounds, God's grace much more abounds. You might think your sin is great and it's too great for you to overcome, but God's grace will always trump the sin, no matter what sin it is or how long you've been in it or how long you've been bound. God's grace always abounds much more. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us 
of our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the pool of Bethesda had five porches that were fed by an underground spring. Five is the number of grace. This man found himself in the porch of grace. Today, may I tell you that you're still under the shadow of grace. What do you mean that God's grace still covers and still yet overshadows every sin, every problem, every issue? This man, here he was for all these years, right at the temple, under the shadow of grace, under the shade of grace. But yet, he needed to be made whole. He was focusing a long time on his crippled condition. But I believe Jesus sought him out because he had a desire more than his physical condition. He said, yeah, that's just a symptom, but there's so many things so much greater. Jesus says that they bring your condition to me. Come with desire. Come with determination. Come with this one. The woman with the issue of blood wanted her, she wanted her symptoms touched. She said, I'm losing blood. Her body had no problem making blood. But her body had a problem keeping blood. Just like some people have no problem making friends, but they got a problem keeping friends. Sometimes it's not the problem that we cannot produce something. It's that we cannot keep it. Maybe you have moments you can produce a good mental health day, but you can't keep it. It's because it's you sustaining it and not the grace and the love and the mercy and the healing of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God's grace today more than salvation, but we need God's grace to sustain us. We need wholeness. Church, we need to know and be awakened to the wholeness that God's called us to. He's not called us to be broken, busted, and disgusted, but He's called us to be healed, to be made whole, to have an uprightness in Christ that it's Him and His limitless moving through our limit, limited beings. The woman with the issue of blood goes to touch the hem of his garment so she quits losing blood. He just didn't heal her that day of just the blood issue of losing but the Bible says that he made her whole. In other words, as the Father in heaven is whole, she became whole. When I got saved, whether I realized or not the day I got saved, God started that wholeness in me and it's progressive and I've grown in it and I mature in it and God wants us to be made whole. You have struggles in your life. We all do. But yet, progressively, as we mature in Christ, He will heal those things and make them more like Him the more we seek Him a relationship. It always starts with Him. It's always been Him. It always has been Him. And it always will be Him seeking Him. And every time we seek Him, everything we have need of, talking about wholeness, then it's given to us. Oh, wholeness is relationship with Christ. Wholeness is seeking Him. Wholeness is knowing it's more than just treating the symptoms, but He wants to touch my spirit, my soul, man, and my body. The waters of the pool did not stir for that man that day, but there was a different stirring. He had to get in while the water was stirred. There's a different water being stirred that day. It was the Son of God of today. There may not be a pool here with water being stirred, but I'm telling you, Jesus is stirring the waters even now. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us, please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com.